Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to Family is the Answer, an adoption and foster care podcast. I'm Krina Kuna Henson, Managing Director for Rohe Foundation. Together with Podcast Network Asia, we're here to share resources to inform you and stories to inspire you about adoption and foster care. Hope you enjoy listening. All right. Hi, guys. Hi. Well, first of all, thanks so much for joining us on the Family C Answer podcast. We're so glad to have you. You're not, you're not guests here. You guys are family to us. You guys are totally family to us. But to everybody who's watching and listening, um, we have with us this amazing couple, Mike and Milan Papadopoulos. And they've become really, really, really good friends of mine over the course of the last few years and even through the pandemic. But they are remarkable people. They have been fostering for close to 10 years now. They have some exciting news about the adoption of their son. But they also sit on the board of Philippines Without Orphans and they have completely thrown their life into this mission and into this work. And it's just so deeply inspiring to meet people like both of you who have not just casually advocated for adoption and fostering when it was convenient, but you've taken the hard road of moving your lives over from the United States and you've made some really difficult choices for your family, made a lot of personal sacrifices to be able to walk this path and just really want to honor both of you for that. And thank you for the example of, of faith and, and what it looks like, modeling what it looks like. So thank you guys both for being here. Always a pleasure. I thought for everybody that's listening and watching, it would be great if we could just go back to the beginning because when I look at both of you here today, it's I'm thinking what a journey you guys have been on with God, with your family, with the children that you foster that have come in to your home. But where did all of this start? You know, how did, where was that initial spark of, you know, I think, I think this is the beginning of something and maybe not even really knowing where that's going. I can look back. I grew up here in the Philippines, and then uh, God has just opened the door for me to be a missionary to first in Costa Rica, uh, and then God has opened the door for me again to go to the U.S. and we start churches wow. with missionary friends that I met here from the Philippines when they came as missionary here to our country. So through that, I've served in churches all around, you know, you can say it, from Ministry of Health to Children's Church, uh, you name it. And then in a certain point, I asked the Lord. So I said, wow, Lord, I've been serving in a four-walled church, you know, and it's kind of, huh, is this is it? I kind of asked the Lord, and I'm just, okay, what else, Lord? Because I tend to, if I stayed in one place, in one ministry, I kind of, you know, I get bored. Okay, and you like to try different things. Yeah, I I want to try different things. That's why I I did a lot. And so, you know, while reading the the Word, and He said, really, really led me to James 1.27. And it says to take care of the orphans and the widows. But by then, I really don't have the idea, the concept. And then I just said, how? 
you know? Should I build orphanages? Should I be director of orphanages? So kind of that. And then because I, I wasn't really, really clear to that passage, right. I kind of put it in the shelf. Right. And then not until in 2010, when a friend of mine that is working in an adoption agency that goes to our church, local church in South Carolina, and she invited me to attend a forum okay. about adoption. Wow. And so I did attend. And then she also, she attended the summit. And then when she came back, she found a brochure. She came back to our local church and then gave that brochure to Mike. And then Mike had given it to me. And here I got the brochure made by Gerald and Maureen Clark. They used to be adoption advocates here in the Philippines, nice. missionaries, for seven years. Yes. But yet they're getting older, so they came back to the States, and they just wanted to fundraise. But yet praying and wanting to have someone to represent Home for Good Foundation. Wow. So when I look in that brochure, I read it and I said, huh. I said, every uh, qualifications that I read, I said, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. Everything that they have put it there, I said, who could be the ideal to be sent out but me, you know? Wow. <laughs> Not braggingly, but to a point that God is already talking to me first before I got that. Wow. So I called them right away and I said, I think you found your person. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, how I really did present myself. Were you Jimmy guys Clark. married at the yes. time? Yes. 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 Okay. So, and then... They were here back in the Philippines, mm -hmm. you know, and so they said, wait until we come back to the States. We want to interview you and we wanted to sit down with you. Mm -hmm. So they came back and then they said, we'll wait for a year. But I said, no, I said, we want to go. It was 2010. It was, I guess, September, October. And then they said, but you have to come to our hometown so that we can orient you, right. uh, train you, what we've been doing there, something like that. So, but anyhow, I said, well, we're ready, you know. So we went to Arizona, Oregon. 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 We flew yeah. to Oregon for two weeks, spent time with them. Mm -hmm. And then in 2011 of January, we got sent here. Yeah. But anyhow, Karina, you know, I said when I saw that brochure and it says the Philippines, I really don't have any question or I didn't have any reservation. I knew in my heart that we are going. I am a Filipina, I speak the language, and I know the culture. Who could be the idea to be sent out and yeah. sent forth there? So that's how it was, you know, started. That's amazing. Yeah. What a journey. I got the privilege of meeting Gerald Clark because he walked in to one of our forums in Santa Rosa unannounced. It was our very first Family is the Answer forum. And I mean, you would spot him in a, in a yeah. crowd, yeah. right? And I think he was always looking for things in the adoption space. And in 2018, we did a forum and sitting at the back um, was Gerald Clark. <laughs> And he came up and introduced himself to us. And, and since then, you know, just been so inspired by the work that he does. But it's incredible to think that you got to meet him mm -hmm. 
through a brochure and you came to know about the work in the Philippines through a little brochure that somebody picked up that somebody handed to Mike and Mike handed to you and somehow you know you just have to trust that God is working and that whoever needs to get this information is going to get it but that's really encouraging because you know you never really know right you know sometimes you hand a friend a brochure sometimes you send them a podcast link or you send them a video on YouTube and you never really know what's going to come out of that but that's what an incredible story (laughs) but I know that it took two both of you had to move here so I'm curious about you Mike (laughs) what the journey was like for you because you know every time we meet couples and 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 families it's rare that the husband and the wife kind of get that urgency Mm -hmm. to dive into this work at the exact same time I'm sure it happens sometimes but usually one of them goes first and then and then slowly that kind of leads the way and paves the way for the other spouse to be a bit more open. Mm-hmm. What was that like for both of you in, in your marriage and your family? Yeah, it was exciting. At the same time, I was nervous about it. You know, up and leaving a comfortable country where you've got everything. You've got a house. You've got a car. You've got everything at your fingertips you could possibly want to up and leave and go to a third world country. That's quite a leap, (laughs) but I was on board with it and we came here and I liked it. I actually liked it. The weather was phenomenal. Uh, (laughs) I didn't like the traffic, of course. (laughs) Who does? (laughs) But, you know, I got accustomed pretty quick. Uh, Our daughter loved it. She came too. Uh, It was a sacrifice for her. She was 13, but she also loved it. Once she got here, she learned the language quickly so, and it was to fulfill a mission. You know, it was more than just up and leaving a country just because. There was a mission behind it. Right. So that helped in the fact that we knew God was in it and that he was going to bless it. And he was with us in that journey. So that really helped. That's incredible that you say that. And you, you mentioned being on a mission together as a family. And, you know, a lot of times when we talk about adoption, we talk about fostering, when we talk about orphan care. I'm finding that the more conversations I have here in the Philippines, that really the perception around adoption, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's perceived to be the solution to childlessness, mm. you know, or, or to, for families that have not yet had children or that would desire children but don't have them yet. And so that's when adoption comes in as kind of like a, you know, a practical response to that, right? Why, why don't you consider adoption? But you're saying for you guys, this space of orphan care, of looking into the crisis in the Philippines, moving your lives over, but really started more as a mission than, than a solution to a problem that you were, a personal problem, you know, that you guys were facing. Can you tell me your thoughts about that? And what, how does that come about for you? How do you foster that in your heart? Okay, that's a good point. Okay, yes, we encountered that too, many times. Adoption, especially it seems like here in the Philippines, it seems like it's to fill a void. Uh, So maybe a couple has been trying to have kids for a long time. And the solution is let's just adopt because we can't have kids. Or when when we talk to people, what's funny is when we share about what we're doing, that we're adoption advocates and we, we teach people about orphans and adopting and foster care. What always comes up, always, almost 100%, they'll say, oh, wait. I have a friend that they don't have a kid. They should get in contact with you. And they they kind of miss the point. And so looking at it, it's like not being able to see the forest because the tree in front of you. So looking at it just to fill a void, I think it should be 
all I'm talking to all the Christians out there, to the churches, that it should be part of our mission that adoption and foster care should be something that we all should gravitate towards and, and do something about because of James 127. It's a calling. God loves the orphans. And it's a responsibility on the Christians and the churches to take it upon themselves to either foster or adopt. Now, we can all play a part. Just because you're not going to take in a child to foster or adopt, you can contribute. You can help a family. You can volunteer in child caring agencies. There's a lot to do in orphanhood and adoption to help have a Philippines without orphans. That's great. You know, when you talk about other ways that people can get involved, I find that comes up a lot. Like, you, you know, every time we say it at the end of a forum and we say, oh, you might not feel called to foster adopt right now. And you obviously don't want anybody doing it because they feel guilty right, right. or they feel like yes. that's, you know, they, they have to. Yeah. You don't have to. It would be great if you did. But, you right. know, nobody has to. Nobody's forcing anybody to do that. But you guys have really thrown your lives into this. And you guys actually started investing in this work before fostering and before adopting into your own family. So can you maybe share that journey of first advocating, coming and, you know, taking on the call to come to the Philippines and start doing this work here and how that led to a personal then family response, you know, a your family actually opening up its door to foster children and then later on adopting Mateo. Okay, let me share. We thought about it and I said, hey, you know, since we are advocating and we're bringing awareness, you know, to the community, to churches, and what is, you know, better yet if we lived it, you know, so that when people ask questions, we can know really how it feels and how to tell them the reality of it. Mm -hmm. So we kind of said, why don't we license ourselves, you know, and also experience foster care? Because even, you know, when we came in here, we really don't have any experience at all. We have not started in the States, and even though it's so big in the States, but in here, you know, okay, but I wanted to try it. But also, I hear a story that when I was with another group, child caring agency, that we went, I observed to go and visit a child that's been fostered by a family here in the Philippines. And we went and uh, visit the girl. And talking to this couple, I found out that they've been fostering for decades and decades. And they had 12 kids already run through their family. And every child that they fostered got adopted, it be locally or internationally. Wow. And they told me their stories that even those children that they fostered, they still had communication with them and they still have relationship with them. That's kind of gave me so, so inspiration. I said, wow, I wish I'd done it for a long time already. Mm -hmm. why, why, why am I just starting now? Right. You know, I could have have impacted 12 kids in my door, in our lives, and then, you know, they got adopted. That is so cool. Have you ever thought about what kind of parent or partner you want to be? Or what kind of family you'd want to have? 
Tara, together with my spouse, Tammy. Together with my husband, Dennis. Pag-usapan natin yan. And let's grow together as parents and partners on, on our, our Parenthood, Parenthood podcast. podcast. In this podcast, we'll talk about principles and practical tips on marriage, parenting, and family life. Listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast streaming platforms. Now back to the episode. For me, it's just something that na, na, it's just fascinating me. And right. so that's why uh, we said, hey, let's do it. That's why great. not? So, yeah. so we started our first, we got licensed maybe uh, in a month. I get licensed right away. Right. And then, of course, the DSWD will not uh, <laughs> keep you long. Yep, because there's so many children that right. need foster families. You'll get a placement really quick. They're going to call you right away. Mr. and Mrs. Papadopoulos, we have neglected children. Are you available? Of course, she said, we yes, yes, <laughs> you know. So we <laughs> had an experience to foster sibling, three and five years old, Jake wow. and Giselle. And it was this beautiful children. It's so funny because what are the odds? Because they look like us. Mixture. It was fun, uh, you know, at the, at the house. It's so, you know, of course, Michaela was 13 already and now having three and five again. Right, going back to the toddler days. Oh, my. So it was fun times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't all a bed of roses, though. You know, you a lot of times, well, I think your perspective on it, Melinda, is incredible. You know, you, when you heard about fostering, you thought, oh, I could have had 12 children, you know, come, walk through my doors in this amount of time. And you think about all the time that had gone by or time had gone mm. wasted or you could have done something. And we tell that to a lot of people, but... I think people also want to know some of the realities, like what are the challenges? Um, what are some of the hard things that you guys had to maybe even give up, choices you had to make, sacrifices you had to make? Because I think it's only fair that we talk about fostering yeah. really openly. Maybe you could give us a glimpse of what are some of the challenges you might face on a day-to-day and, and how did you guys overcome that? Well, a couple of things. Maybe with one funny story with Jake and Giselle, I had stained a piece of furniture, stained, okay. like really did a lot of hard work, sanded it down, stained it, beautiful. Okay. okay. We left, they were left with the babysitter. When we came back, there were footsteps all over that furniture because it hadn't dried. They had stepped on it. So, of course, I got very upset. That passed, you know, I let it dry. I sanded it down again, stained it again. All that, yeah. And they did it again. <laughs> so with these kids, of course, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be many behavior issues. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a reason why they ended up in the system. Either they got abandoned in a, in a hospital or they, they got abandoned by their parents or they got abused. So obviously, they're coming with some baggage. And, you know, we can either say, I don't, I don't want any part of that. I just want a baby. Because maybe if I get a baby, they're not going to have all that baggage. It's better to have a baby than get a foster child that's already five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old and come with a lot of baggage. But, you know, you, you got to ask yourself this question. Okay, you've got this foster child that, that have some behavior issues. They're really getting on your nerves. There's a lot, of, a lot happening. I mean, what are you going to do? If that child was your biological child, would you want to take them back? Would you want to give them, give up on them? What would you do? You would deal with it. You would do whatever it takes to get them on the right track. 
And so you got to think of it, okay, maybe they're not blood related, but it's a human life and you can have an impact on that human life. You just have to nurture it. So yes, there were behavior issues. There were challenges, especially now with, with Armateo. He's got some disabilities. And on top of that, he's got some behavior issues. And I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's it's hard. Yeah. Yes, of course. It's not easy when, when he's throwing a tantrum and his tantrums last a very long time, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes of a tantrum. And when he tantrums, he breaks things. He goes around the house, he'll throw things, he'll throw a chair, he'll find something he can break. So there are many times where I have to sit down with him and physically actually hold him down because if I don't, he's going to get up and either break something or hurt himself or hurt someone else. So those are just the challenges that you have to work through. And it takes patience, of course. (laughs) But, you know, again, your love for that child should supersede the aggravation and all the things that are going on with that child. And if you look at it from the standpoint that this child was abandoned, something happened to this child and they're expressing their, their tantrum or their behavior is expressing what's deep inside of them, that wound from them having been abandoned. So if you think about it from that standpoint, it helps you to realize, okay, let me step back. Let me take my, myself out of this and, just treat that child as God would treat us with love. Yes. That's very powerful. Thank you. That was very good, honey. Uh, actually, you know, without Mike, with <laughs> Mateo, he is more the patient. <laughs> so patient. Yeah. I'm sure it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. No. <laughs> Maybe you guys could tell us a little bit about Mateo. Share with us a little bit about where you guys are. I know it's an exciting time for your family as well. When it comes to Mateo's story and his journey in becoming um, a member of the family. Yeah. Okay. Actually, we started <clears throat> taking Mateo in as a foster child. Five and years the, old. Yeah. And... A child caring agency that we go visit regularly. So we pretty much watched Mateo since he was a toddler, but not until he was five when we brought him in. The social worker said that they're really looking for a foster family for Mateo because he was a candidate for cochlear implant. Because Mateo is a profound death uh, since birth. And then, so we said, hmm. Since we don't have a foster child, you know, we were just maybe a week or two weeks that our (laughs) second foster child is gone. So he said, since we are available again, you know, we saw the need. We just say, yes, go ahead. You know, we are here available. So we started as a foster family for him. He came in at five years old. And then in 2016, Mateo is very unique because we know that he he is truly doesn't have a family. When the first foster children we have, they have a family. When we asked him, you know, what is your prayer request? And he's praying that he will be reunited with his family. So as we don't want to say, oh, we want to adopt you. No, but because that's his desire, we said, okay, uh, then we will not introduce adoption to him if ever, even if we will think about adopting him. So with Mateo, he was really, really, truly no family. So we said, wow, we can be Mateo's fam forever family. So after a year, that's when we said we would like to adopt Mateo. 
So when people ask us, you know already that he has this. Why did you do it? You know, why did you even consider to adopt? And the only, re- the only answer that we can find in our heart screen is, why not? You know, why not? And really, our hearts was to just give him a safe home, protection, and love, you know, for him to thrive. You know, our best interest anyhow for us to give chances to others. We've been given chances by God so many times, you know. His love is just so, so rich and so full that why cannot we give that out? So that's really is. And they continue to ask. So I said, so our answer is, why not, Mateo? <laughs> that's all we can find in our hearts. So even in this course of a year that we fostered, we already saw behaviors, we already saw tantrums, we already saw anger. But at the same token, we immerse also ourselves in educating ourselves through reading, watching, and, and, you know, be around with adoptive families that have the same uh, situation and everything. So we know, and I said, when we find ourselves that is so frustrated and we just think, how much more him, you know, what he's going through. He cannot hear, he cannot talk. What is his feelings, you yeah. know? If us, that we can talk and we can hear, is frustrated, how much more him? So we kind of binabaliktad namin his situation. And that's how we comfort, console ourselves and comfort ourselves, and then we do it again. Wow, that's amazing. And um, I know it's a... It's just really exciting for us to witness your journey. I know that you've actually completed Mateo's adoption finally. Finally. Um, Have come to the end of, you know, all of the paperwork, all of the waiting. And, you know, I know the agony of just waiting on those papers. But congratulations. Really excited for your family. And I think, you know, what an answered prayer. But before we go, I really just wanted to give you guys the opportunity as well to share a little bit about Philippines Without Orphans and the work that you do around that. If you could just give us an overview of, of what Philippines Without Orphans is doing here. Um. Yes. Philippines Without Orphans is a nonprofit organization. And what we do is we advocate for orphans and foster children through, I guess you could say, education through going around to different churches, sharing about the plight of the orphans in the Philippines, encouraging believers, Christians, uh, churches, uh, what have you, to foster and adopt. We're also a, a resource center. In other words, if a family says, we want to adopt, but we have no idea where to start, that's where we come in. We can coach them. We can teach them. We can show them the, the exact way they need to go what paperwork they need to file, what the requirements are, we can do that and walk them through the whole process. Not only that, a reason why a family wouldn't adopt is because maybe financial challenges. Uh, Because there's some cost involved, although now it's much better and not not as much, but we don't want that to be a hindrance for a family not getting a child. So we also advocate and try to raise funds for families that maybe don't have the financial capability to adopt, but they have the heart to adopt. So we also work on that aspect as well. So we're we're kind of an all around resource for families wanting to find out more or 
wanting to adopt and don't know how, or maybe they need funds. So that's what we, we do. That's amazing. Well, we're really grateful for the work that you guys do uh, in the Philippines. And you've connected us to a lot of strategic partners and you've helped Rohe Foundation significantly in, in positioning our work. And wow. we're just really grateful. So in closing, maybe what's your advice? What kind of tips do you have for people that are watching and listening and they're saying, I want to get involved. I want to jump in. I want to experience the joy that they have and and in, in being part of that missional work that you guys threw your lives into ten over 10 years ago, what's your word of encouragement for everybody? Hmm. Maybe for, you know, ask the Lord, because I know when you do ask God, He will answer, especially if He wants you to do the things that His heart is. Orphan care is God's heart. And it can really bring joy and fulfillment in your lives, so. Yeah, and like I said before, if maybe you don't feel the calling or the tug in your heart to foster or adopt, why not just volunteer at a child caring agency or help a family that wants to adopt? Say, I'm with you, whatever you need, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll provide you, I'll commit to providing a, a rice for a month, a cabana of rice for a month or two months, or I'll commit to the child's medical expenses. You know, we can all do something. We, we all have a part in this. So, and, and God will supply our needs too if we do that. That's amazing. Well, thank you both. And thanks for coming on and sharing your story. It's just so much wisdom from both of you and, and through your experiences. And how can people find out more about Philippines Without Orphans? Maybe you could direct them to the right place where they can get more information. Um, we have a Facebook page, Philippines Without Orphans or PWO. You can find us there very easy. Uh, and feel free to contact us and all our contact information is right there on our Facebook page. That's perfect. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes, Love you having you guys. Always, yes. always That's enjoy so talking to you guys. <laughs>